This is Monica Groney for Female Startup Club. Hi, hello, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl popping into your ears from Sydney, Australia. If you're new to the show, welcome. Every week, I'm chatting with some of the world's most successful female founders and entrepreneurs to understand how they've built their business to seven, eight, and nine figures in annual recurring revenue. We talk about what's working now and what's not quite working, and we love to dig into the money piece and the challenges that come from going through the hard times. Today on the podcast, we're learning from Monica Groney. Monica is the founder and CEO of Morea, a menstrual wellness company supporting you with the foundational nutrition needed for healthier, happier cycles. Monica spent 17 years struggling with PMDD before discovering the life-changing benefits that nutrition could have on helping her live without the cyclical roller coaster. And I love this episode so, so much. It is so packed with value. Monica has built the business to $50,000 in monthly rev without spending a cent on paid ads. And this is a really important conversation around building your business and proving out the concept before you start to invest in paid growth. She also shares some great marketing tactics that she's been using recently that you'll be able to use too. And while I've got you here, I've also updated the grants doc with a bunch of new grants from all over the world that are ready to be applied for now. And you can download it by going to femalestartupclub.com forward slash grants. Specifically, the Cartier Women's Initiative is open right now, and it is one of my favorites. You should check it out. Alrighty, let's get into this episode. This is Monica for Female Startup Club. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food. Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED, or your travel advisor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Monica, hi. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. How's your day going so far? It's going well. We've, there's a little stress happening in, in the biz right now. We just hit an out of stock period. Um, we've have a delayed, <laughs> a delayed inventory shipment. So oh, lots no. of customer service tickets right now. <laughs> I did see it was out of stock. I did see that. Damn. So how long until it gets back into stock? It'll ship this week, so um, from our manufacturer to our 3PL. So we should be, we're like in a good position. We can fulfill our subscriber orders with our sample packs that we still have. So it's just a lot of like product swapping on the back end and making sure subscribers know that things are coming and just logistics. It's a little bit of a nightmare. Can you turn it into a marketing campaign of like pre-orders are open, like we've been selling out, blah, 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 or... Yeah, we're working towards that. The um, Our product is getting a little bit of a format update. So we're kind of going to do like a relaunch of it. Um, so we're just... What does a format update mean? Yeah, this is actually really exciting. Uh, we got a lot of feedback from our customers on a, a couple of very specific things. One, they wanted to reduce the waste of our product. We have individual serving stick packs and they're like, I'm not always traveling. I love that this is convenient if I am traveling, but like, can you launch a bulk option of your powder? So we are launching a new bulk option. Um, And then we did make a slight formula update. As new research comes out, we're always looking at it and making sure that we are utilizing the best ingredients at the right forms and in the right quantities. So we've made a couple of tweaks as new research has come out as well. Oof, exciting stuff. Cool. Yeah. yeah, super cool. I'm actually so excited about today and this interview because I know that you, well, my experience in chatting with you is that you love to share. And also because you're a little earlier on in the journey from the women that I usually have on the show in that you're kind of pre-ads, but you're kind of kicking goals with your monthly rev. You've kind of, I think you said it was up to like 50K months. You're you're doing so well, pre-ads, pre-fundraising, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited to chat with you about how you've gotten to this point. Do you want to start by giving us a little bit of an introduction into what the brand is? Definitely. So Marea is a nutritional wellness 
company that supports women with their nutrition for their menstrual cycle. So we are all about uh, bringing easy, convenient nutrition to you that's going to actually help support your hormone balance. This all came to me. And I think a lot of the brands in the hormone space, the story is becoming a very prevalent story. But um, from my own personal experience with my periods being really horrendous. I have PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and that is basically PMS times 1000 in the mood department primarily. So I had really, really severe mood swings. Uh, I thought I was bipolar for a while, didn't know what was going on. I spent 17 years with just these like radical mood swings that I didn't even fully correlate to my period until I was like 26 years old. Um, And at that point, I think a lot of us have had this experience where we go to our doctor with some symptom, some um, kind of issue, whether it be with our period or not, and we're given a prescription. And so I was given options like you could try birth control, you can try antidepressants, and not one person told me about nutrition. Um, I had to like go and dig for that. But when someone did offer me a nutritional solution, it was absolutely life-changing for me and I didn't have to go get a prescription. So I really wanted to bring that to other people. As I started to learn about nutrition and the menstrual cycle, nutrition and hormones, I realized that there was a lot of research in the space that just wasn't really getting shared. And initially I was like, okay, cool. Do I like speak about it on social media? Do I become an influencer? Do I become a health coach, a nutritionist? I don't really know. Um, But my background was actually in e-commerce, in marketing, and I wanted to create the product that made it easier and created the bridge for women where they're like, I don't have energy to implement lifestyle changes. I don't have, like, I just can't even think about it. Um, And what I found in my personal life when I added supplements in was that it gave me the energy, it gave me a little bit more balanced mood where then I could also implement other lifestyle changes that made the benefits like 10 times better. Mm, Gosh, I feel like your story resonates with me so much. I don't know if we've ever personally spoken about this, but I've been on such a period journey. I don't know if you saw when I posted all that stuff, but when I was living in London, yeah, it was you know, just so awful. And I'd I'd never even heard the word endocrine system. Like that wasn't something that I knew about. But when I posted, I I reached this point for anyone listening, I reached this point where I could spend four to eight hours with severe vomiting, severe diarrhea from my period pain. And I was like, shit, maybe this isn't normal. And I reached the point where I was, and I'd never really even thought too much about the fact that it had spiraled because I used to be someone who with the easiest period, no problems, whatever. And then over the last kind of eight years, but specifically since more like 2020, it got so bad, so bad, so bad that then I was like, wait, maybe this isn't normal. Maybe I'm (laughs) having a bit of like, I haven't thought too much about this, but this isn't normal. And then I posted it on Instagram to be like, okay, I'm dying today. Like I've been vomiting for four hours. I'm so unwell. Like what do I do? Because I don't know. And that's when I got so many different pieces of advice and kind of like got recommended so many things. And that prompted my journey with a naturopath and a GP to kind of work on regulating my system and what was going on in my body and things like that. But 
it's so crazy because I'd never even heard that word before. I'd never even kind of, I never even knew. It's like this whole other world. And that there were so many people who reached out to me being like, I'm going through the same thing, or I've been on that journey. And this is what helped me. Yeah. I mean, the numbers, when you look at the statistics of women that experience like debilitating issues or just any symptoms at all, like 90% of us are experiencing something related. And it's, it's just crazy. And, you know, the solutions that were coming up were created by men. So they weren't really real solutions. They were like cover-ups. They weren't getting to the root of the problem. And so it's, I think, just really in the last like five or six years that some really amazing solutions have started to pop up. Mm, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the beginning stages. You have this light bulb moment. You're like, I want to be this person. I want to like learn about this, create my own solution. How do you actually get started? Like, are you, do you then go and, you know, train as a nutritionist? Like what actually happens? Yeah. So as I was digging into the research for myself, I was taking note of where I was finding the research and the people involved in it. Um, and I started to reach out to dietitians that had been involved in either previous articles or previous studies. And I, I told them my idea. I was like, hey, I started taking all these nutrients, but it's really inconvenient. I'm buying $150 a month of supplements and it's like 10 to 12 pills every day. And I just hate the process. Like, can we create a better solution that just provides that foundational nutrition that's all in one? And I didn't know if it would be pills and like sachets or if it would be a powder like it ended up becoming, but I was just looking for the medical side to support me. And it turns out like the first few people I reached out to, they were like, I love this idea. Yes. How can I help? And I was like, oh, okay, that was like felt far too easy. Sometimes you just have to ask. Do you mean, sorry, like a, a food scientist or you mean like a dietitian or a nutritionist or a doctor? Like who are we talking about? Yeah, so this was a, a registered dietitian. And I was just looking for someone to be like, let's look at the research, look at the science and see like what the formula should really be. I knew what I was taking, but I wanted something that would match like the largest population and be beneficial for people. And were you working with that person as like a consultant or were you like, hey, you could be my business partner? What was your approach? I just asked them to be a medical advisor. And at the time, I didn't offer anything other than the title and asked if they could support. And I've always said, like, you know, we can talk about equity, we can talk about advisor shares, all of those things. But the initial RD that I worked with was just happy to help. Uh, which oh is to me like mind blowing. Wow, that's crazy. I want to understand a little bit about the R&D process in kind of the supplement industry. Like what is the supplement industry like? What are the MOQs like? How long does it take to create something like this? Yeah, so once we've decided what we wanted the formula to be, the next step was really for me to go out and try to find a, a manufacturer to work with who could create the product. So at that point, I was just cold emailing people um, and felt it was very scary. I didn't even know the, the word, right words to use. The MOQs I was getting back would have been like $150,000 orders. Um, that whole process was really scary. I actually had a friend that lives close by who's in the cosmetic industry. She owns a skincare business. And a lot of times manufacturers for supplements and for skincare have some overlap. And so I asked her, I was like, do you have any recommendations? 
And she ended up hooking me up with um, someone who helped you find a contract manufacturer. And he helped us find our first facility who would do a lower MOQ. At that time, that, that the cost of that was still like $80,000. And so I was like, well, like I know what I need for my first run of product. <laughs> wow. And so $80,000, how many units is that? Like what like, were you being like, okay, let's get 10,000 units or like, what was the... It was 5,000 units. 5,000. Wow. Yeah. So still a really big kind of first batch of products. What were you thinking in terms of like, like how confident did you feel that you would be able to sell that based on your experience coming out of working in e-commerce? I was confident and I think a little bit like blindly confident, you know, that, that, early stage where you're like, of the course, naivety like, that pushes you forward. <laughs> yeah. Like this is just gonna, this is just gonna work. Like sure. 5,000. That's easy. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Like I'm not, not going to do this. I think when I look back on it, my eagerness probably got in the way a little bit. Um, I probably could have done more due diligence and found someone who would be willing to do even lower MOQs. But as soon as I found someone who like said yes, and it I was comfortable with their facility. I went and visited. I was just like, I just need to move forward. I need to keep going. So I said yes and went with it. And so just to paint the picture, are you working full time at this point? Yes. So I was the director of marketing for an e-commerce business that was in the pet space at the time. And I was still working full time there um, up until January 2021. And so you have the order for $80,000, but then there's also kind of like launch capital website, blah, blah, blah. What do you think all in you spent around getting the brand to launch? It was about, I'd say like 100K. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I read, I think like at some point you you got a grant maybe, or you like some kind of local thing that was able to help you in that early phase. Can we talk about kind of like that time of funding the business, getting this grant and like how it all kind of played together? Yeah. So once I knew what the cost of our first run was, my next kind of action point was figuring out where the money was going to come from. I was not sitting on a pile of cash. Um, My husband and I I were in the middle of renovating our house. We'd just bought our first house in 2017. We had a mortgage, like all of these things. I had to find money. It wasn't necessarily my money. And I was so lucky that there is quite a startup community where I live, even though I live in a very small town in Wyoming. And there was a state grant happening where they were giving companies with high growth potential, $50,000 grants, no equity attached to it, like no attachment. It was just the money. And so I'd applied three times before I got it. And I just committed. I was like, I'm going to get this money. I don't care. Wow. The board (laughs) that I was pitching to every time I pitched was five men from Wyoming, like cowboys, like (laughs) And they're like, what are you talking about? And finally, (laughs) the last time I pitched to them, I was like, I'm getting it this time. Like, I was just like, are you all married? And they were like, yes. I was like, do any of you have daughters? And they were like, yes. And I was like, okay, you know what I'm talking about. And they were like, yes. And I was like, and half of the population is 
are women who like 90% of them experience something like this. And I was like, there is high growth potential for this business. And finally they were like, like I got awarded the grant. I remember the day it was like May, 2019. And I was sitting in my husband's truck and I just like started screaming. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel excited for you in this moment. That's so cool. Wow. I love that. And so this obviously played a big part in that first order and that startup capital, the really early phase. Okay, cool. So what happens? How do you launch the brand? Yeah, then, so that was May 2019. I was like, I have capital. I didn't actually receive the capital until September. So I was kind of like going through the process of like figuring out how to receive the capital. At the same time, we were working on branding so that I knew like going into manufacturing the product, we had packaging and all of that ready to go. And around like November, we had placed our order and we're ready to move forward. And it just, the manufacturing process, it always takes longer, especially for your first order with a new facility than you ever expect. And we started to drag into getting close to the Chinese New Year and we were ordering our packaging, just our boxes from China. And all of a sudden COVID happened. And shit, (laughs) it was like the manufacturing plant that we were getting our boxes from just didn't come back from the Chinese New Year because of COVID. And so we were like, oh, crap. So we had to really quickly pivot to find someone in the U.S. who could do our boxes. And we didn't end up getting product until like mid-year 2020 because there was just so many delays. It was the beginning of COVID. Everything was going crazy. So when we thought we'd be launching January 2020, we didn't launch until July 2020. Wow. Oh my gosh. And it was also like, I was working full time, right? So I'm like, this is okay. Like if it's going to take this long, like I'm just going to be patient. Um, We'd switch to like, I wasn't in the office anymore. I was working from home, which felt like more flexibility. So it was just kind of like a crazy time of like a lot of unknown, like a lot of balls in the air, me trying to navigate this as the first time founder and doing it alone. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I have a few quick questions before. I want to like stay on this marketing side of things, but just quickly, your when I look at your website and your brand, everything looks so beautiful, so smooth. Like the experience on your website is great. The quiz is great. And you can tell that you've invested time, money, energy into that. Is that what you launched with or have you since changed that? There's been a few small tweaks, you know, product page updates and that kind of thing. But this has been what we launched with. I'm actually at the point now where I'm like, maybe we should update it because I'm sick of it. But I just look at (laughs) it every day. Do you think that's something that, like, in hindsight, you would recommend to early stage founders to kind of create that premium experience? Or do you think you could have done it kind of that lower level below, like a little bit more scrappy? For me, it was important. Um, and I think that's something that as a founder, you just have to ask yourself of wh- what your consumer cares about. For us, we were creating a higher end product. We knew our pricing was going to be higher. And so we wanted the experience to really represent that. So the branding was important. Um, at the end of the day, I felt like I was creating a product 
that I wanted in a way. Um, I was one of, you, you know, I was the original consumer of the product. So I had to ask, like, what would I want? And then also we had done like a trial of the product with about 50 people. And so we kind of had this small group of people we could ask their opinions about too. And it was just across the board, like people wanted a good brand experience. They wanted packaging that they would put out on their counter and see every day. And so we did invest in it. I wouldn't say we didn't go like over the top. It wasn't super expensive. I think the website and the packaging and the overall brand was like six grand. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally, totally decent. When you say 50 people, who were those 50 people? How did you find those 50 people? Yeah, before we went out and actually had the product made, we did like our first beta test. And these are people that I found in Facebook groups. Um, if you think back like 2019, it was kind of like when Facebook groups were kind of popping off. <laughs> and there were a lot of PMS, hormone, PMDD groups. And I had just gone in there and asked people like, hey, I have PMDD. I started taking these supplements. They really worked for me. And I want to see if they're going to help other people. Um, would you be like, okay, if I bought you supplements for three months and then you gave me feedback on how you felt? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. I love that as a strategy. <laughs> yeah. And so wait, did you do that for 50 people? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of expensive, but I was like, this is like a great way for me to feel confident. I mean, there were studies out there on these nutrients, but I was like also needed to know and feel confident that this product was going to work. And the only way I could know that is if I gave these people nutrients and asked them how they felt. How did you get that kind of feedback without it being biased? Because obviously over that time, people would like what you're doing, be like cheerleaders and supportive of you. So how would you make sure that you got the data without it being kind of like in your favor and like genuine? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was not by any means a, like a study. Um, there was no control group, anything like that. So I don't know that I did control for biases. It, it was truly just like, they had no reason not to say, or like not to say that it wasn't working. So I don't know that I have a great answer, but you know, 80% of those people saw symptom improvement. And for me, I was like, okay, yeah. I want to keep going. Like, tick of approval. We're here. Yeah. We're going. <laughs> love it. That's so cool. I love that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED, or your travel advisor. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So it's like July 2020, you're ready to launch. Are you doing anything in the lead up to launch? Yeah, so a lot of my strategy leading up to launch, we'd started some of our like social media channels. I mean, at the time it was mostly just Instagram. TikTok wasn't really on the scene yet. Um, and I had done a lot of PR outreach. And this was just very scrappy, me reaching out. I had found a bunch of articles that of similar brands, similar like founder story-ish, um, and just like hunted high and low for email addresses of the writers. Um, And Forbes picked us up in July. And that was like how we got our first 100 subscribers. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's cool. Like as in paying subscribers of the product. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, cool. And then you launch, you have 5,000 units what are you doing? Like, what are you doing every day after work, before work? Like, what's your process as a full-time worker and founder? The biggest thing for us early on and like continuing today has been our practitioner outreach. So it's really about reaching out to health coaches, nutritionists, dietitians, even like OB offices, so doctor's offices, and just letting them know what we're doing and inviting them to into our affiliate program ultimately. So doctor's office is not as much. That's more just like sending samples and info cards that they can have for their patients and trying to educate doctors on the importance of nutrition. And then on the nutritionist dietitian side, health coaches, we were really looking at their like what we call our influencers, if you will. And so even micro, like if they have a thousand followers, but they are a health coach and that's like their business, we're like, this product can be a great foundational multivitamin for your product. Like we'd send them samples. We'd try to get them on board with promoting it within their client base and within their communities. Um, And that's been a really, really great program for us to date even. What kind of commission structure do you pay them per sale? Yeah, so we have two different programs in our affiliate, um, two different tiers. So we call this practitioner program our pro tier, and they get 35%. So they can offer 15% to their clientele, 
and they receive 35%. So that first purchase, we're really thinking of that as like our advertising budget, right? But we have a guaranteed sale if we're paying someone. And we see that if it's a practitioner that is, you know, suggesting the product, the LTV on that customer is way higher because it's from a really trusted source. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's just on the first sale, not the ongoing kind of subscription. Is that how it works? Correct. We we do use it now as like we see our really strong affiliates. We'll go to them and do other partnerships with them. So we'll be like, okay, like this month we have this thing going on. We're going to pay you this flat rate for these things. So we kind of use it as testing ground to see where like our conversions are really happening um, and, and then go out and offer them more, especially if their consumers are sticking around for months on end, right? We want to c- continue to reward them. So yeah, absolutely. And so for you, like this is the, in those early days, that first, you know, year in business, that's primarily what you're doing to shift the needle and get sales. I also read you were doing kind of like IG live every day and, and doing like kind of pre-orders and things like that. Was that shifting the needle or do you think that was more building community? Yeah, I'd say more in twenty. 2022, we did a lot of lives. There was one month where we did a bunch of lives and that was really, really big. We were doing like a PMDD awareness month movement. Um, And I had just realized that what was resonating the most with our audience was truly like my story and hearing the story of other, other people who'd experienced similar things. And so to go out and try to find people who experience PMDD and just talk about this topic more, because we've really honed in on that audience, has been really powerful in growing our community by like cross-sharing with other people who we know are already talking about the topic. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like for you, like, I guess there's something in parallel to the brand that's happening and that's your personal kind of growth explosion. And I don't know when this totally comes into the picture, but let's bring it up now. So I looked at your account recently and I was like, holy shit, you've kind of gone from, I don't even remember what, but like, I feel like the last time we spoke, maybe last year, things were really different. And then now you're kind of creeping up towards 200,000 followers on Instagram (laughs) and you have a lot of content on there. You've positioned yourself as an expert, as someone, you know, who is an authority in the space. Can you kind of paint the picture from where you were last year, where you are now, what's happened, and then how that kind of has trickled into Build the Brand? I kind of joke about this because at the beginning of this year, I was like, I'm manifesting a celebrity partner. (laughs) Okay. And then I was like, yourself. I was like, I think I just made myself the celebrity. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely you. So at January this at January 2023, I only had 3,000 followers personally. What? Currently, no. right now, it's April 17th. I have 180,000 plus. And people, oh my God, I love this. And when people are like, everything's too saturated, it's too hard to grow, you're like, wait, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, that, that's the insane part. And also, people are like, you paid for followers. And I was like, I didn't pay a dime. Like, no, no. So, 
fall of last year, I started talking in my personal account. Just I turned 33 last fall and I started to notice a lot of changes in my body. At the same time, I was trying to conceive and was hyper aware of what was going on. My my cycles like was tracking everything, was super anxious about the whole process, which is probably why I didn't conceive. But anyways, just noticed a lot of changes in my body and I started to share about it and I started to dig back into a lot of the research that I'd been in before I started Maria. So that led me to like Dr. Stacey Sims and going back and reading her book. And I realized I wasn't eating enough protein. And my muscle mass was changing really drastically, which for women, this happens as we age. We're, it's harder to hold on to muscle. And muscle is an endocrine organ, which is crazy. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I started sharing about it. I've learned a lot through your content, I should just say. (laughs) This was the, like, most I'd ever gotten engagement on my personal. People were DMing me, asking me questions. How are you eating more protein? What does it look like to eat more protein? What kind of protein? How much? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) I'm literally one of those people. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, you're not alone. Like, it just was such a hot moment. And then you started to look at, like, the well and good wellness trends for 2023 and they were all saying protein and I was like oh my god like this is like a thing and so as people were asking me all these questions I was like okay I just have to like give the people what they want this is what I'm learning about I'm just going to share as I learn Mm -hmm. and I decided for January because the most common question was like how are you eating what are your meals look like show me what you're eating I was like I'm going to show people what I'm eating every day for 30 days and so I did, did this series for the next 30 days, you and I are eating meals with at least 30 grams of protein because 30 grams of protein is the muscle protein synthesis threshold for women. That's how much you have to eat to like maintain your muscle in a meal. It's a lot. It is. <laughs> but when you get used to it, it's like, it's not, it's really not. Um, but it just went wild Within the first week, I was at like 10,000 followers. And then like the second week, it was like 50,000 followers. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I've created a a monster. That is crazy. And okay, wait, let's just, let's just pause here. So you're creating the videos. They're like recipe videos, some exercise kind of videos. Are you like hashtagging? Are you doing all the best practice stuff as well? Or you're just kind of thinking about like the content and the audio? Are you on stories like every day? Like, let's just like think about the posting schedule here for one yeah. minute. <laughs> for me, it was like really focused on posting daily. I was pretty much doing that for Maria before, but now all of a sudden it was on my personal page and I realized it was just growing way faster. So it was always reels and it was the same format with the same intro. The intro I think was a huge part because you say for the next 30 days and people are like, great, I want more of this. I'm going to follow because I want to see the next 30 days. Easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, protein, everyone wanted meals with more protein. So that was like easy. But I think the fact that it was recipes, that's a highly saved post. Mm -hmm. regardless, right? You see a recipe you want to do, what do you do on Instagram? You save it. And the algorithm loves saves and shares. So people were sharing, people were saving, people were sharing the recipes to their stories. So I think that just like triggered this perfect Mm. storm on Instagram where they were like, this girl is sharing great content and they just kept pushing. 
Oh my gosh. Love it. So the 30 day challenge, where does that lead you at day 30? Anxious. (laughs) I'm thinking, what the hell do I do next? But I was like, okay, I have this audience who's primarily women. The age group is mostly, it's like 24 to 45, which is right on the money for, you know, the brand as well. And I, in a a handful of the recipes also talked about the connection to your menstrual cycle with the foods I was using in the recipes. So I started to talk about cycle syncing your food within the protein recipes. And those posts were getting a lot of engagement. And so I was like, people are into the hormone talk. I'm going to do another 30 days where I focus on for the next 30 days, you and I are doing things to support our hormone health. And I was like, and that's where I started seeing your videos. Mm. And maybe also because I'd had this period yeah. thing that I'd posted, I must have been getting fed hormone talk, hormone health <laughs> stuff. And I started, because I actually don't scroll on Instagram. I, I don't like um, go through my feed, but whatever the first video that pops up, I'll like see and, you know, either share it to a friend and blah, blah, blah. But your video was like constantly popping up as like my first. Oh, I love that. Like, video in my feed and it would be like hormone health. And I'd be like, that's relevant to me. Let's, let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, wait. So wait, just to pause here for a second. Okay. So this happens in January. You get to however many, you know, how many followers you at by end of Jan? Um, I don't even remember. Probably like 70 K. Okay. Very high. Are you talking about Maria during this time at all? And what are you seeing the impact on the brand at that time? Yeah, so in my stories, I was like, just sharing my life. Um, and part of my everyday life is drinking the Morea PMS elixir, which is a drinkable or drinkable multivitamin. So I'd share that and I'd get questions, you know, people would be like, what is this? Like, you know, what does it do? Whatever. And I would do like the screenshot, like show the question, answer the question kind of thing on stories. Um, and was starting to notice some traction and some crossover. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, great. I need to keep integrating this. One, like it's going to be great for the brand. And two, it's very authentic to my story. So yeah, I started, I started to talk about it and integrate it for sure. As the hormone like month went on, it was very natural. Um, every day wasn't going to be about Maria. I think there was like one or two days that it was incorporated into like a recipe or a smoothie or a sleepy girl cocktail. And that was when, when I posted, started posting the sleepy girl cocktail, which is our product and tart cherry juice. And I also would post my whoop data. So my sleep data off of my whoop after taking that for a night and it, is insane the deep sleep that I get after I drink this. And so people could see, like, it wasn't, you know, artificial. It was like truly my sleep data. The nights that I took that was insane. And everyone was like, what is a sleepy girl mocktail? I want, I need to know more. Like, how do I do this? And I was like, okay, I want to get our sample packs into these people's hands. And so I just like went on stories it was literally, I think, like 10.30 at night. I was going to bed. I just mixed up my Sleepy Girl mocktail. And I was like, if you order in the next 48 hours, I'm going to refund. Initially, I said five orders in the next like 48 hours of our sample packs. And all of a sudden, we just started getting like so many sample pack orders. And I was like, oh, 
And I was like, I didn't even like say I was going to like, it wasn't free. People were still paying for it. I was like, use this code because I wanted to know who'd seen it. And so there was a specific code that got them like 10% off. And then we were, we got like over a hundred orders in 48 hours for our sample pack sometime in the like next 24 hours, I was like, I'm upping it. Like I'm going to refund 10 orders. <laughs> and it like went off again. And I was like, oh my God. And the conversion rate, I don't know the conversion rate, like exactly from sample packs to subscribers, but so many of those people have now subscribed and they're in my DMs being like, I love this product. I use it every day. I'm so glad I found you. Like it's helping my sleep. It's helping my energy. I love it so much. And I'm like, whoa, that was so cool. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The power of social media still blows my mind. And it's also really interesting to see that, you know, we're all out here being like, it's TikTok, it's TikTok, it's TikTok. But for you, it's actually been Instagram in such a big way. I mean, you are also on TikTok. Yeah. So this whole time I cross-posted, I actually would post on TikTok and make the content on TikTok and then download without the watermark and post it on Instagram. Simultaneously, I was also posting on YouTube shorts. So I syndicated across all three. TikTok audience is up to like 70K. And then YouTube audience just from shorts is at like over 700 subscribers. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. Here's a few questions. Hang on. How big is your team? Is it just you? It's just me. I do a lot of um, outsourcing. So I have several VAs that I work with. I, of course, read the four-hour work week like six years ago <laughs> and was like, yeah, I'm going to outsource my entire life. Um, so I work with a lot of virtual assistants. Um, I outsource a lot of things that don't light me up, but day-to-day, -day, it's really just me. Wow. Goodness. Okay. And how long do you spend creating content? And like, when does that fit into your flow? Because obviously now that's such a big priority for you and it works. So what is your kind of like day to day look like? I wish I had more of a flow. I wouldn't say that it's <laughs> the most organized. It's like organized chaos. Um, but the amazing thing about the audience that I've created is they really like things that I do every day anyway. So the food I cook, they want to know about. Um, so it's really easy for me to be like, okay, I'm just going to record what I'm making for dinner tonight. And then I'll just throw it together while I'm sitting on the couch at the end of the day. Um, other content that people are really liking is voiceover from podcasts I listen to. If I'm listening to a podcast and there's a, a quote or a moment in the recording where I'm like, whoa, mind-blowing, everyone needs to know this fact, I'll just record the voiceover and then use video behind it. Um, and so the content that I'm creating, it's not really time-consuming, I would say. So I probably spend like maybe an hour every day doing personal content. And to me, I've always just really liked content creation. I have a creative brain. I used to work in production. Um, I really like that stuff. So it's like kind of a hobby. And then like stories and stuff, it's, just, it's not planned. It's literally just like, here's what I'm doing today. Welcome to my life. <laughs> here's what I'm up to. <laughs> what I love about your story is like, you've really gotten to this point of like, you've totally proven the concept, you've proven the product. 
I feel like I hear so many founders who are like, okay, I launched my brand. I'm going to hire an agency and run ads. And I'm like, no, wait, Mm. no. Ah, that's painful Mm. to hear. Like there's so much work to be done before you jump into ads. And you're the perfect example of someone who has kind of slowly been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at what works. And then you've kind of hit the nail on the head with the organic content stuff, which is like what we're all talking about. You need to be kind of narrowing down your storytelling (laughs) skill set to get yourself to that point. I'm wondering for you, like, what is your mindset around scaling? Because now it seems like you're ready to kind of take it to that next level. And for you, is that ads? Is it more of a retail play? Is it partnerships? Is it, I don't know what, something else? Yeah, I wish I had a super concrete answer for you. Um, (laughs) God, it's so, it's so challenging. And like you said, it's been like a slow grind. We're bootstrapped, going to remain bootstrapped. But for us, we do have a couple of channels that work really well. We do paid search and that is profitable for us. Again, we always have to focus on profitability because we're always looking to our next inventory purchase. And as a bootstrap brand, like you have to be purchasing that inventory with cash. And it, so we just have to be kind of piling that away. And we can't be throwing money at channels that aren't profitable. We've tried Facebook advertising three times. And it just was not a situation where we would be able to make an inventory purchase again. Right. Do you mean like with an agency or you mean yourself? We tried with an agency once last fall. Um, It was a terrible experience. I think think we'll continue to try and test Facebook advertising. We have a really good LTV um, and it's important to us that we do scale and that we can hit our growth levers a little bit. Um, I'm going to continue to lean on my audience and continue to kind of utilize that. I think also from my audience, it has allowed me a lot more connections to other people with larger audiences. So starting to think about some larger partnerships for sure. Um, And then also... We have a couple new products that I think are going to be really expansive and exciting. One, it's going to grow our existing customer revenue. And two, I think it'll bring in a lot of new people, especially a lot of people in my audience. Um, And the amazing part about the products that we're creating right now is I'm bringing my audience along for the journey of the creation and really creating what they want and listening to them. So I think that... Part of that will be just create like a really high conversion rate with what I've created and will create a lot of growth for us because then all of a sudden we'll have higher AOVs um, and allow us a lot more to try to like then like continue to figure out what's next. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, you said a moment ago, you know, you're bootstrapped, you don't have any plans to raise, or that's not kind of like on your on your mind at the moment. How are you approaching capital and like the working capital piece of an e-commerce business? We know it takes a lot of money. You've already said, you know, it was an $80,000 upfront order, like blah, 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 blah. Now you've got multiple SKUs, you're launching new products. There's a lot going on here. 
How are you approaching the capital piece and what are the levers you're using, i.e. Shopify Capital, Clear Co or Clear Bank, um, Wayflyer? Like how are you utilizing those kinds of things to your advantage? We do have a line of credit, which I'm really grateful for. And so that has allowed us um, to kind of like offload some of the inventory stress. So uh, that's just through our local bank. Um, and we utilize that. I haven't done any of the like Shopify capital or anything. I, I kind of personally think that that money's a little bit too expensive. Our line of credit like is really great. And we know we like have a certain schedule we pay it back on. I also implemented a profit first like operating accounting system within our business. And so twice a month, we deposit money into five different buckets. And it really allows us like visually, okay, we're growing because this operational bucket is growing. And that allows me to also look at it and be like, what else can I outsource? What else can I get off my plate so I can start to think about more about the growth and more about these new products? Um, so I think for me, it was just like putting systems in place where I could really quickly and easily, like twice a month, see where we were at financially and know what buckets were growing. And then also always be saving for that inventory because one of the buckets is inventory. I love the profit first method. Like how did you know how to do that? It's <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I working in e-commerce and being the marketing director at another company, it was also a startup, actually really exciting. They just sold last week. Um, oh my gosh, that's exciting. Did you have equity? I didn't. Um, okay. I know, I was their first employee, but they, they didn't give <gasps> equity to anyone. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> They didn't give equity to anyone, but I'm so excited for them, and I'm really close to the founders, so it was a really cool experience. But I hope you still get some kind of epic bonus. <laughs> if, if you're listening, owner of said company, <laughs> treat your employees well. I don't think that'll happen, but I learned so much working with them, and I'm so grateful for my time there. But through that process, I really learned a lot because as the director of marketing, I was saying, let's spend this much money. And I also need this much inventory if we're going to spend that much money. So I'd already kind of known like projecting and, you know, looking at marketing, marketing dollars and understanding how much product we would sell with those dollars and worked really closely with one of the founders on inventory projections from a marketing lens. So I felt like I had a really good understanding and that allowed me to then be like, okay, how much money am I going to need for inventory? How do I know I'm going to sell it? And again, it goes back to that piece of like, oh, I'm going to get 5,000 units of inventory in our first run. Do I think I can sell it? And like, I'd been doing all these models for this company of like, of course I can sell it because look, I'll just do these things. <laughs> were you like, so with these five buckets, were you doing that like from day one? You know, like you sold one order and you would put it into your buckets or was it more like you hit a certain revenue kind of threshold and you were like, okay, now I should start doing this? Yeah, it was really last year trying to make the decision of if I wanted to hire this agency because I was like, what rows do we need to hit? Like, where do we need to be to make this work? Um, and do we have the operating dollars to pay the agency? Um, and stuff had just kind of been a, a shit show when you're like a single woman show. Inevitably, balls are getting dropped left and right. And sometimes that was like looking at our books or looking at our bank accounts. 
And I'd read, so there's a book called Profit First, and then there's another book called Profit First for e-commerce. And I'd read both of them before, but my husband had actually, he's also an entrepreneur and he'd picked it back up and it was sitting on our coffee table. And like one morning I was like flipping through it and I was like, oh yeah, like I have no even idea what's going on or how the money's getting allocated right now because I'm just making decisions on the fly. So it was like last year that I really implemented this and was like, I need to get very strategic about saving and um, knowing how much we have coming in and how much we can push out. Mm, Gosh, yeah, I'm going to check that book out. It sounds great. What is your key piece of advice that you like to share for other small business founders who are in the early stages of building their businesses? Okay, I have two things. One, talk to your customers. So if you're like pre-launch, talk to as many people as you can that you think are in your ideal audience and just ask them as many questions as you can. Um, And then once you start selling product, have one-on-one conversations with your customers. I still, to this day, everyone who's made three purchases with us gets an email to my Calendly and can sign up for 15 minutes with me. And I have one-on-one conversations with our customers all the time. Oh my God, I love that. That's great. So just talk to your customers or potential customers and ask them everything you can possibly think of. I'm going to start doing that. (laughs) Today. If you want, you can DM me on Twitter and I'll send you the questions I ask. Shout out to Caitlin Burgoyne for her clarity call cheat sheets because that's where I learned it all from. Oh my God, please send it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And then number two is I think just remember that you don't have to do it how everyone else has done it. I thought that I would raise. I thought that I would be scaling really quickly and spending money on Facebook ads. And it turns out like I'm not doing that. The business is still profitable. Are we exploding as fast as like the people we're reading about in Forbes or hearing on podcasts? Like, no, we're we're not, but it's still working. And I'm going to stay lean and scrappy for as long as I can. And I'm just doing it different. And you can too. I love that. That is such great advice. And I also think like I've been having conversations with founders And in 2023, some founders that I've spoken to are like, yeah, I've turned off ads and realized that we're still profitable and it didn't make a difference. Like you can be building a brand in 2023 without that playbook, as long as you're focusing on the content piece, authenticity, storytelling, founder, you know, on the camera, talking about the stories, the the journey, 100%. That feels like the playbook that's really working at the moment for also sustainable long-term success versus like crazy hockey stick growth and then run out of cash, close tomorrow. Yeah. And the hockey stick growth, like that can also make you go out of business, you know, like just as much as slow growth. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping it's sustainable and that we do have our pop-off moment at some point. But it's also like being a first-time founder, I'm like, I'm learning so much. And I think if we grew really quickly, I would freak out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Gosh, I have loved this chat. This was so informative and I feel like our audience is going to get so much out of it. Before we wrap up, we ask a series of six quick questions. Some of them we might have already asked, but we ask them all the same. So question number one is, what's your why? Why do you wake up every day and build this business? Gosh, um, truly because I know what it's like to feel completely out of control and like you have to just deal with these symptoms and this roller coaster that women are on. And I really just want women to know that although it's common, it's not normal and we can find like a neutral ground. Um, So to give women their life back. Love that. Speaks directly to me. (laughs) Question number two is what's been your favorite marketing moment so far? I think our Forbes article, it was such like a, I just always dreamed of being in Forbes. And then all of a sudden my face was on their website and it was the month we launched. It just felt like it really made it real. Any tips in your like outreach cold outreach to that woman that wrote about you? I couldn't find her email address. And so I found her personal Instagram and just started to comment on things, but not in a like, I don't know, I I guess there was a hidden agenda. I mean, of course, there's like always is in some ways, but um, she had a golden retriever dog. I have a golden retriever. And I was like, your dog's cute. Like, you know, I just like tried to become this woman's friend. And she saw in my profile that I was the founder of a company and was like, your company looks so cool. Can I write an article about you? Oh my gosh. The dream. Like Instagram. Like, thank you, Instagram. (laughs) I think the other thing with like that kind of Instagram dropping into someone's DMs, it is relationship building. So like, You're kind of going there. Yes, you have this kind of idea in mind, but also you're giving yourself the chance to connect with someone. And if they want to connect with you back, like, great, magic can happen. And if not, great, like move on next versus like the direct sales pitch email. Yeah, I think too, I've had to think about from the perspective of going at it with the right energy of, okay, like, again, revisiting my why, why am I doing this? And it's like, I want to connect with more women. I want to help more women. And by building my community with people who are going to help me spread this message, I'm going to be able to do that. So it's just like, I had to change my perspective a lot in this journey of not feeling salesy or icky. And it all came back to like constantly revisiting that I created this product for good purpose. I love that. Question number three is what's your go-to business resource when it comes to things like a podcast or a newsletter or a book that you've read that's really valuable to you? Probably the book Traction. Um, Really love that book. And even though I'm like a one-woman show, the EOS system and the whole like traction model is something that I 100% want to have as our team grows. What is EOS system? 
employee operating system. So Traction like has this whole like business model about how you set quarterly rocks and prioritize things um, and really like only look at chunks of time and certain priorities in that time. I think as a, a one woman show, it like becomes more complicated, but it is good for me to kind of think about like, okay, what do I want to achieve in the next quarter? And then when I'm looking at my daily priorities, I can kind of see like, where am I getting distracted? How many like priorities or goals would you give yourself? Like, are you like, here's what I want to be on Instagram and here's how many sales and here's this new channel? Or is it more like one kind of overarching goal? I always do three business goals and three personal goals. There, there's, It's getting gray for sure. I mean, right? Like my personal growth is helping the business. So is that a business goal, whatever? Um, but right. I still kind of separate, separate them. And so you'll give yourself that per quarter. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. Love that. I'm going to check that out. That sounds great. I need that. <laughs> Question number four is how do you win the day? What are your AM or PM rituals and habits that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated? I think the biggest one is my cell phone charges in my office at night. Um, so goes in my office usually around like nine o'clock and then I don't pick it up in the morning until after I have journaled, gone for a walk outside, had breakfast. Um, and really that like hour, hour and a half in the morning is crucial time without my phone. Because I find that if I like pick my phone up first thing, which like sometimes it happens, right? Sometimes you're like, oh shit, what time was that meeting? Like, what is it? Like, I need to look at this, whatever. Um, but when that happens, I'm immediately bombarded by other people's creativity, other people's thoughts. And I don't get to have that moment alone with my mind where I'm flowing um, without any kind of outside input. So I think like that is the biggest thing for me is just a block of time where my phone is not near me. And at night when I go to bed, it's like I read in bed um, and it's not a business book. I've stopped reading business books in bed. <laughs> I love business books, but I read them in the morning and at night it's like a really shitty beach read that's just entertaining. And like I go to bed and have weird dreams about the book, like... <laughs> Same. I'm like a holiday reader, but like on a daily basis. I yeah. like to like read for pleasure. Emily Henry is like my homegirl. Like, oh, I don't know who she is. I think it's Emily Henry. She wrote like Beach Read and Book Lovers and like. Oh, I don't think I've read those. They're just so good. She just came out with a new one. I can't wait to download it. Oh my gosh. I've read so many good books lately. Like yesterday, I actually just finished. Do you know what the problem that I have though is? This is getting a little off track here, but the problem that I have is I get too in involved in the book. So instead of it winding me down, it winds me up and I'll spend like, last night I wouldn't dare look at my phone, but I ended up finishing this huge book and started a new one. And I reckon I'm like halfway through. <laughs> I just couldn't like, my brain was just too much, but yeah. That happens to me too. I'm like, oh no, it's 1130 and I just read 200 pages. Yeah. I was in bed by 8 o'clock, but I reckon I went to bed at, like, a ridiculous hour. Still better than, like, scrolling on my phone. Still better. Yeah. True. 
and the phone addiction is so is so real. Question number five, where are we up to? Yes, five. What has been your worst money mistake and how much did it cost you? Actually, it just happened. <laughs> um, so the reason that our inventory is late, and I'll have to add you to close friends on Instagram because I share like behind the scenes business stuff <laughs> on my close friends on Instagram. <laughs> but... We got an email about two weeks ago from our manufacturer saying we received your packaging and our legal team has disapproved it because it because it is not the approved packaging that we approved for print. I got this email and I immediately like was just sweating. I was like, oh my God, what what happened? Um so we'd at, like it was just a mix up with our designer sending the different format of the files to the printer that they'd requested, but it was not the final version. And then the non-final version got printed. Onto everything. Yeah. And that's what our manufacturer received. Luckily, it was really small, like two words, but it happened to be two words of trademarked ingredients. So I'm really grateful. Like in this moment, I was like, I freaked out for a minute. I wanted to get mad at our designer, but I was like, it's really on me. I didn't double check what she sent. I just said, send it. And I'm really grateful that our manufacturer is such a good partner that they caught it, right? Like they're really looking at the details because we've gone through our fair share of manufacturers and some of the previous ones would not have caught this. Like, so I'm just like, thank you. Like, this is a lesson. Wait, but what, what would have happened if it wasn't caught? What does that mean? Like, as in like if it went on shelf or something? It would have been fine. They're actually going to use the bags. Um, they agreed to, to let it go this time. Um, they had to like contact the companies where we have the trademarked ingredient from and just make sure that even though it wasn't the exact wording that they wanted, that it was still okay. It would have been, it wasn't even a huge mistake. It would have been a $5,000 mistake. Still, $5,000 is $5,000. But it was like just a moment of like chaos in my brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I can so appreciate that. And I guess like for you as well, it's a good like, here's how I need to act, be, do from here. Yeah. And like be grateful for the partners who are like catching the mistakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Question six, last question. What is just a crazy story, good or bad, from building your business? Oh, my God. Um I think this has been the the craziest thing so far is just how deep your connections end up going. When I said I was manifesting a celebrity partner, I've been like really honing in on one person and I thought this was going to be the the like year, who knows it might still be, but Caitlin Bristow who's like a bachelor bachelorette girl um has a massive audience and Her agent has allowed me to send her product before. And then one of my close friends met her at a wedding. 
And he was like, oh, like you have, like she was talking about her period. She's like, oh, you have PMDD. Like my friend also has PMDD and started this company. And I got to, I've sent her product again now directly to her house, not through her agent. And I just feel like those moments where you're like, oh my God, like, is this going to happen? Like, is Kim Kardashian going to share my product? Like, (laughs) you know, it truly is like two degrees of separation. And I feel like now with social media, it's like less than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just never thought that I'd like be in circles with some of these people um, and starting to feel like it's much more a reality now. I think like that has been like the biggest thing for me where I'm like, I live in Wyoming in the middle of nowhere America. And like somehow I'm making connections with all of these people. That is so cool. This is your year. This is going to be the year. I mean, also you manifested it for yourself and I love that for you. But like, this is your year. There's going to be more. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I'm really excited. And the customer feedback in our community, like everything that they're bringing back to us and just saying how much of an impact the product is having. I feel like that has given me like the most, I'm like, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening slowly, but it's definitely, it's happening. One day you're going to look back and be like, holy shit, how did I get here? (laughs) I thought everything was moving slow and now it's really fast. I already (laughs) say that today. I mean, just this, like the last three months has been a whirlwind. I bet. This was so great. I am so grateful for your time. I know we went a little bit over. This was just such a great conversation. I'm such the cheerleader for what you're doing. This is, this was so cool. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 